Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Welcome, everyone, to Freedom Ministries Discipleship Class. Um, hi. Uh, welcome back from Thanksgiving. Um, this was a pretty difficult message. Um, so I just pray that the Lord helps me, um, bring it this morning. We're going to talk about what defines you. Recently, um, God had, I had watched this movie and there was something in the movie that really just struck a chord with me, and that was um, the movie Overcomer. And this question was asked, who are you? Who are you? And you might say, I'm a daughter. I'm a teacher. I'm this, I'm that, I'm a woman, I'm a man, whatever. Um, I'm a, I'm white, I'm black, I'm young, I'm old, I'm single, I'm married. But at the very end, you might, the very last thing that you might say is, I'm a Christian. And that's exactly what the man said in the movie. He went through, I'm a teacher, I'm a coach, I'm a father. He said, but who are you? He said, well, I'm a Christian. He said, well, what does that mean to you? And he said, I'm a follower of Jesus. The very last thing he said, the very thing the very most important thing that he could have possibly said was, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus. But that was the last thing he said. He said, so how important is being a Christian to you? And he said, well, very important. He said, so if I asked you, if, uh, he said, last time I met with you, you said you was going to pray for me, did you? And he's like, no. He said, well, then how, how important is that to you? And God began to work and say to me, how important am I to you? If you were to lose any of those things that you considered to be important to you, would it change your opinion of yourself? If you lost your job, is that what defined you? 
if you lost all your money, would you still feel the same way about yourself? I have to say I would not. Two years ago, I lost my job. That defined me. I felt like a failure. I felt all manner of things. But God said, our identity is found in him. Our identity is not found in our job or our lack of one. Our identity is not found in our success or our lack of success or how much money we have or how little money we have. It's not in whether you're the oldest child, the baby child, the middle child. It's not in whether you, what color you are. It's not in your age, whether you're single, you're married, you're widowed. It's not whether or not you have land. I know at 27 I was working at McDonald's, and I was so ashamed for being that age, working at a job that I thought for, was for kids. My identity was in who I was and not in God. Your identity may be found in how many friends you have or what kind of car you drive. But what is being a Christian to you? Being a Christian is a way of living. It's a, it's a who you are. When you got saved, you traded in that old life for a new life. Your parents no longer define you. Your heavenly father defines you. Your job no longer defines you because now you are a, a disciple. You are a follower of Jesus. Whether you have that job or you don't have a job, your, jo your identity is found in him and it's who he has called you. It's what he has called you and it's where he has called you. So... Being a Christian should influence what you do, who you are, and where you go. In Galatians 20, it says... Um, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So we traded our life for, for God. We traded our life when we accepted Jesus. We laid our life down we crucified that old man 
We are no longer the old man. We are alive in him. The old self in Romans 6 and 6 says, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. So, Romans, I believe it's 12, says that there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. So I'm not saying any of this to bring condemnation on ourselves, but to show us who we are. But also to say that he changes us from glory to glory. So we don't become immediately like our father. Even in the natural, when you're born, you don't act like your father. You're a newborn. The more time you spend with the father, the more time that you're, you become more and more like your father. So we have been adopted into the kingdom of God. We have been adopted by our heavenly father. And so the more time we spend with our Heavenly Father, the more we become like Him. So it's not, it doesn't happen overnight. There's no condemnation. We just, yes, sir. He has a mic. <laughs> uh, Apostle made a statement years, years ago, and it went into my spirit, and it's, it changed me because and it was a real simple statement. It's something that we think we know because we know it with our head, but when we know it with our spirit, it will change you. She said, what you feed grows. Amen. And it's just like you're talking about, uh, we're not instantly, just because we get saved, we're not instantly a complete picture of Jesus. Exactly. But the key is what we feed Right. Grows. We have to choose to feed our spirit the word to let the identity of who this word says we are get in us. Amen. Because we're constantly bombarded With by the outside forces, the outside world. If you turn the TV on, they're telling you you're sick. I mean, if you, any commercial tells you that you're, you need a drug. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's nothing wrong with drugs and stuff. I don't have a problem with that. But they're constantly telling you to look for a problem to identify with mm -hmm. instead of identifying with what the Word says. Yes. They're always putting images before your face saying, to, you you must act like this. You must be like that. You 
you know, to be popular, you must drink this Coke or this drink or, or stay at the best places. But that's not who you are. Because that doesn't make you who you are. God makes you who you are. And we get to know him the more time we spend with him. Until, until you actually get alone with God and spend time with God and develop that relationship with him, really what you're hearing is rumors of him. You're going off of somebody else's relationship. Like Pharaoh may know Monica and I may not know Monica. And all I know about Monica is what I hear from Pharaoh. I don't have a relationship with Monica. I just have an indirect one. And so the more we spend time with God and with his word and with in prayer with God, t- talking to him and him talking to us, the more I get to know God, the more I get to learn who he is and what he is and and then who I am and what I am and what he's called me and and that and it so touched me yesterday. Pastor Tim came in and he he brought a blessing to Keely. God does that with us. He speaks a fatherly blessing over us. We've been called all kinds of things our whole life. People, other people that didn't have the right to define us has defined us. He's the one that created us. He's the one that knows us. He's the one, he's the only one that has the right to tell us what we are. If a sculptor sits down or a painter sits down and and they begin to work. They alone know what that picture is going to be or what that sculpture is going to be. I can't come up and say, oh, and it's a, it'd be a blank canvas. <laughs> and I look at it and say, oh, it's an elephant. No, it's whatever the painter is painting. We don't have a clear picture. We need to know the Father. We need to know what he's saying to us. We need to have that personal relationship with God so that we become more and more like him, so that we become... People should look at us and they see, oh, you have been with Jesus. You have been with Jesus. Moses had to put a veil over his face because he had been with God that they, when they looked upon him, they knew that he had just come from the presence of God. Do people look at us and know that we have been in the presence of God? Um, in John 1, verse 12, It says, But as many as received him, 
to them gave he power to become the son, sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. So to those of us who believe on his name, he gave us power to become sons of God, children of God. In John 15, 16, it says, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit, fruit should remain that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. We, didn't even, we, didn't, we, we could not even choose him. He chose us first. He chose us. He, he, he chose us. That means that we, that we were counted worthy in his sight. He was like, I choose you. We're not worthless to God. He is so proud to call us his children. Not because of what we do. Have you seen a, a parent, they have a newborn, and they're like so proud of their child. They don't, the child comes up and, and he's just so proud of them. He's like, sing, sing. You know, sing your song for us. He's not trying to embarrass you. He is proud to call you his child. We've been, we've been fed a lie from the enemy that of who we are. And God wants us to show forth his identity. In Genesis one twenty seven, he said he created mankind in his own image. And we know that we are being changed from glory to glory. And so the more we change from glory to glory, the more we look like our Father, the more that people, when they see us, they see God. I remember the first, before I ever got saved, I've seen such a radical transformation in my own brother and sister that I was like, I knew that they were saved. I knew that God had done something in them. That's what we're supposed to look like. Like we have just spent time with our Father. In 1 Peter 2 and 9, Peter. First Peter. It says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness unto his marvelous light. So I told you on Sunday that um that he took he he translated us out of darkness into his light, so, and that happens from every step that we take towards God. Every step that we take with God, 
He's revealing his glory in us. And he's revealing those things in us also that we are a chosen generation. We're a royal priesthood. That doesn't sound like he cast you off. That doesn't sound like someone who doesn't care for you or your or what you're going through. You are chosen. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation, a peculiar people. One translation says, God's special possession. You're the apple of his eye. In John 15, 15, it says he no longer calls you servants. He calls you his friend because he reveals his thi- his, the mysteries to his friends. <laughs> In Romans 8, 37, he said you are more than conquerors through him. How do others identify you? Oh, she's tall. She's got a good personality, you know, whatever. Whatever identifying characteristic they want to throw on you. But we have a Heavenly Father that's, that's already called us what we are. He's already identified us. He knows exactly who we are. How do you identify yourself? Do you reject yourself? In Isaiah 53, 1, it says, Whose report will you believe? Because our Heavenly Father is already Sarah. When you said, how do you say yourself? Um, That's the biggest, I think, for, it was for me anyway, is to forgive myself for things that I had done in the past so that I could even accept who Jesus said that I am to him. Right. And so, um, you know, if we can't see past (laughs) the mirror, you know. Right. Even Jesus was faced with all that. Um, Let's see. Luke 4, we were reading this this morning. Well, in, in Proverbs. Yes, sir. 23, 7. The scripture tells us that as we think in our heart, so are we. <laughs> I have that one down too. <laughs> so the but way we think in our heart has to be changed. Yes. Yes. Um, Matthew six twenty one. it says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Um, I just want to say, you know, we're separated from the sin nature. um, But a lot of people think that the sin nature came from our flesh. Mm -hmm. But actually, you know, Adam and Eve, um, they they didn't um, have sin nature in Adam and Eve. But the Bible tells us that out of the heart is what the evil desires of the heart. Uh, where sin comes from. It's out of our heart. All the evilness, you know, the murder and 
deceit and it's out of that. So that's why we must purify our hearts with the word. So. Amen. Well, let's. Yes, ma'am. I was looking up. Um, what it brought to me was First Peter two ten, <laughs> and um, going off of what you said, but it's um, it's a scripture I've stood on too, and it's once you were not people at all. But now you are God's people. Once you were unpitied, but now you are pitied and have mercy. Amen. Amen. Um, in Matthew 6 and 19, it says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal for where your treasure is there will your heart be also treasures are anything that you value and cherish above everything else they have captured your heart where's your heart um, in Second Peter one, verse three and four, it says, "According as His divine power hath given us unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue." whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. He's given us everything for life and godliness. Godliness is where we take on the character of God. Um, so he's already given us everything that we need for life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him. So as we come to know him, that's when our that's when we become more and more like Jesus. More and more like God, our Father. Um, in Matthew thirteen it talks about the pearl of great price. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto the treasure hid, hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy therefore, thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth that field. He found a treasure. He found a treasure. And he goes and he sells everything that he has to lay claim to that treasure it says again the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls who when he has found one pearl of great price went and sold all that he had so one goes and 
sells and then buys the field. And one goes and sells all that he has and buys. Well, they both buy it. But um, God is a treasure. It's a seed of great price on the inside of us that literally Jesus laid down his life for us that we might come to know him, that we might be adopted into the kingdom of God. It was such a great price. It's a treasure of great price that's on the inside of you. And in Matthew 19, it talks about the rich young ruler who we know his story in 1916 through 24 says, And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why, why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. He, he didn't even say he was good. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. He saith unto him, Which? Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy mother, thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man said unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt, if thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast. And give to the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come and follow me. His, his identity was in what he had. His identity was found in being rich. His identity was found in all the possessions that he has. It says, but when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful. But for he had great possessions. Matthew 15, 18 and 19 says, But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. So we, we already know that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We know that um, So what we speak declares to everyone around us what our, where our importance lies, what's important to us. We know by what we, what we hear you say, what we, hear, what we see you do, where, what's important to you. I don't have to know you very long to know what's important to you. If, if every time I'm around you, you talk about your beautiful car, your great job, you know, you, that you take pleasure in possessions. Yes, Monica. 
listening to, um, I don't even know the man's name last night and talking about the identity of who we are. And one of the ladies in his church walked up to him and said, I know by the time I turn 50 that I'm going to have, um, uh, I think it was diabetes or something like that. And she's a young lady. And he looked at her and he said, why do you think you're going to wait till then? You're already putting it in your mouth. You're already saying what you're going to be. So you're going to have what you say about yourself. And he said, you know, he went on to say that, um, I wish I could remember his name because I want to give credit to who it belongs to, but he was just saying, you know, that we, what we say about ourselves is who we become. And if you, if you say that you're broke, bust, busted, and disgusted all the time, then that's what you're going to have. But if you speak life and that more abundantly, then the life of Jesus and what he says about us that, you know, that he came to give us life and that more abundantly, then we can have what Jesus says that we can have. Amen. Amen. Jeremiah 17, verse 9. It says, The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. So we can't trust our heart. We, our heart cannot define us. Our heart, even though it knows us, it cannot define us. God's word, our Heavenly Father, defines us because we are now a new creation. Since you're in Jeremiah... <laughs> <laughs> You know, God had to correct Jeremiah mm -hmm. because God in, in chapter 1, verse 5, God said, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou came forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. That's what God spoke to him. And then the first thing out of his mouth was, I cannot speak, for I am a child. And then God had to go in and correct that and say, don't say that about yourself. Right. You speak what I said about you. Mm. That's good. How often do we argue with God when he calls us things? And we're like, that. or Moses, I am slow of speech. I can't go to the Pharaoh. God knows us. He knows our end from our beginning. Um, this morning we were... Andy and I were reading in Luke, <laughs> and I was and I was like, "This so goes with our lesson." <laughs> and uh, in Luke four fourteen, Jesus had just finished a fast, and uh, it says, "And Jesus returned." So he had just finished dealing with the devil, left his fast. It says, "And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee." So when, when you're in the presence of your father, you, you come out with power. You come out with the spirit of the power of the spirit. But it was, it was so great on him that it says, And there went out a fame of him 
through all the region roundabout. So um, the Spirit of God was on him as he left the, because he had fasted and he had prayed the whole time he was in the wilderness. He had come up against the enemy. He had defeated the enemy in the wilderness. And he comes out and full of the Spirit of God. Before that, it doesn't say that fame went out about him. But now, fame is going out about him. Did you hear what happened to Jesus? And in uh, 422... It says, and all, I mean, he had just finished speaking in um, the synagogue. And he had said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives. This is Jesus saying, this is, this is who I am. This is, this is who we are. To preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and then he said, This day is the scripture fulfilled in your, in your ears. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? They tried to identify him. But Jesus knew who he was. But, th but they tried to say, isn't, isn't this Joseph's son? Didn't he do this? Didn't he do that? How, how many pe times people identify us by who we used to be? Do we know who we are? Or by our parents? Or where you're from? Oh my God, they're from Arkansas. Nothing good comes out of Arkansas. Nothing good comes out of Nazareth. Do you know who you are? In verse 34, Jesus is come, has come to this man and he has an unclean spirit. In verse 33 it says, And in the synagogue there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil and cried out with a loud voice, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee. Who thou art, the Holy One of God. He came to mock Jesus. Jesus knew he, who he was. He knew, he, he knew who his father was. He wasn't, he, he wasn't tolerating what they said. He said, hold thy peace and come out of him. He, he didn't take the bait. He knew who he was. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't rise up against them. He didn't try and defend himself. He didn't say, um, I may be from Nazareth, but God is my father. You know. The devil couldn't mock him. They tried, just like when Jesus was about to be crucified, they, they mocked him. Tell, tell us who prophesied. Tell us who hit you. Prophesied us. Who hit you? 
he would not he would he didn't have he didn't have to defend himself he rose up in his identity of who he was because he knew who he was and he's like because at first I was like well first he calls him Jesus of Nazareth why then does he call him the Holy One of God it's like he was putting him down with the Jesus of Nazareth there ain't nothing good out of Nazareth and then the next breath he says the Holy One of God and I was like well he was mocking him he's like that's what that's who you think you are that's who you think you are you think you're a prophet to the nations you think you're an evangelist you think you're this you're you think you're that well we our identity isn't found in what you think about us it's found in what god says about us and if, as long as we know who we are in god it doesn't matter what anyone else says about us he didn't have to prove himself to them right all he was interested in was doing the will of God exactly and when we do that then we prove who God is through us yeah he proved by the power of God that was in him because when we go to defending ourselves then we just stepped over into the enemy's territory mm. yeah and then he might not have been able to cast out a spirit because then he was not knowing who he was. Yes, Colby? Um, you were talking about how they came and mocked Jesus. and um, He mocked Jesus and um, Jesus was able to stand firm and didn't have to defend himself. And all I can picture is um, when we have storms in our life, unless we've... Um, had a circumstance where God's revealed a part of who he is to us, mm -hmm. um, our thinking and our ways are sometimes like a, like a st in a storm where our boat gets crashed back and mm -hmm. forth because we haven't been revealed that part of God yet. So our knowing isn't in Christ yet, but when he reveals himself right. to us, then we become unshakable. Right. Then, no, no matter what anyone says, we know. Just like you were talking about how we hear, oh, about this person, and we hear about this person mm -hmm. from other people, but we didn't have the relationship. When we have that relationship with God where he puts that foundation in us, then we are able to stand no matter what storm comes against us. Amen. See, yes. what, what Kobe is talking about, is way I explain it is we've got a revelation then. Yes. Because revelation, see what you're saying is if it's in here, it's in our mind, it can be shaken. Mm -hmm. But when we have that knowing like he's talking about to where it's in our spirit, Amen. It can't be shaken. Yes. Jesus knew exactly who he was. So it m didn't matter what they said about him. Mm -hmm. He could not be shaken. Right. He even in the wilderness he did not take was like, um, bow down and worship me and I'll give you all this. Turn this rock into bread, you know, and eat. Uh cast your down yourself down off of this mountain. The angels will um will save you, you know. That's like I know who I am 
I'm, you know, I know who I am. He came back with the word because he had a revelation of the word. I think Colby has the mic. Sorry, I just want to say this. The enemy likes to get you to put trust in anything other than what Jesus has already done. Amen. So always remember that when, when you have a temptation or anything, it is the enemy trying to get you to put your trust in anything else right. other than the finished work of what Jesus has paid for us to do. And that's how he is able to work in your life. If he can get you to put your trust anywhere else. Right. In yourself, in other things of the world, anything. Right. But you keep your faith in what Jesus did at the cross. It ain't about him being on that wooden tree. Right. It's about what he accomplished there. Right. That's what we have to see. Like, um, when you defend yourself, you have to keep doing it because you did it. Mm -hmm. But if you have your trust and your faith in God, then he fights your battles. And he's never lost one yet. Amen. But if, uh, let's say that, you know, someone's trying to find me as, oh, you're the, you're the milkman's son, you're AJ's son. And if I let that define me, then I feel the, necess the necessity to be like my dad, my earthly father, who was feeble, flawed, in every possible way like anybody else on planet Earth is. But if I look to God as my heavenly father and inspire to be like him, then the whole scenario changes. I don't have to do nothing. I don't have to say who I am. My father says who I am. Amen. I don't have to say I'm Andy Minga. I'm a CNA. I'm the, no, it's God, what do you say I am? And that's what I'll be. If he calls me a ditch digger, well, give me a shovel. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, Kobe said a, a mouthful. Yes. When, when you said, because we don't look at it to the, like you just looked, like you just revealed it, because I've never really seen it like that. When we choose another way besides God's way, we're actually putting our trust in the enemy. That opens up a whole other realm of thinking, because we would think, well, I don't trust the devil. Huh. If you're not trusting God... There's only other, only one other power to trust. Right. <laughs> um, because I know in my own life that uh, 
I would be going through a, a trial or a temptation of some sort. And, you know, um, I'm running after God with all I got. And I would tell God that I would be strong enough to beat this temptation. Hmm. Right? And every single time I did that, I failed. Every time. Every single time I said I, you know, want stronger willpower. Or, see, I had put my trust mm -hmm. in my own strength. I would put my trust in myself instead of, you know, the Bible tells us, resist the devil and he shall flee from you. Submit to God. And, see, I was submitting to my own strength instead of running to him for help in that moment of weakness. Just as Jesus spoke the word, which is God, spoke the word in his moment of weakness, mm -hmm. temptation. That's what we have to do as well, run yes. to him. Yes, Jesus is the example in our lives of living a life knowing who you are, but also living a life of God's son on the earth. We are sons and daughters. We are children of God. And that's what he has called us to imitate, to be ambassadors of on the earth. We are ambassadors from heaven. We are ambassadors on the earth of our heavenly father. And that we don't have to be the identity that people put on us. We don't have to be um, what society tells us we are or what or or any other thing. Yes, ma'am. When I learned who I was in Christ, it changed my world. Mm -hmm. And um, every day I, I would look up, I would look at um, different scriptures about who I am in Christ. Mm -hmm. And um, I would say it over and over and over. I am the daughter of the Most High. Amen. I am a royal priesthood. Mm -hmm. I am I'm the king's daughter. Amen. You know, I'm not Pharaoh the addict. Right. I'm not Pharaoh um, the what whatever the world wanted to call me, you know. But it's when I found out who I was in Christ and I just looked in the mirror and I said it every day. And I would say it every day. And I would say it every day until it got embedded in me. Mm -hmm. That's who I am. Amen. I had to keep it. You know, they say it takes 21 days to break an old pattern. Mm -hmm. To break old patterns. To break new bad habits. Well, it, it takes that long to learn who you are, too. Right. You know, to get new habits. To form new habits. To... to it's your mind, your mind is like a computer, and I've r ran off that computer, that one program, for so long mm -hmm. that it had to reboot. <laughs> you know, my mind had to reboot into a new computer program. Yes. You know, and from the world's program to God's program. Amen. You know, and that don't happen overnight. It does not. But, but and, and, until you stop listening to the, the lies of the devil and what he says you are. Right. And, and, and just start speaking truth back to it. Yes. Because that's who I am. 
Amen. I'm not who you say I am. I'm, I'm who he says I am. Amen. So, mm. And we are alive in Christ. We are, apart from him, we, we can do nothing. So we're not even trusting in our own ability to do something or our own idea of who we are. If you want to see your identity, look at the cross. Because that's where it was said all. Because that's the day when God said, you're worth it. Amen. Amen. More thing, I don't know. Maybe God wants me to say it. It's just that, um, you know, I, I had to learn how to do that practically. You know, because when I became a new Christian, I didn't know how to do that practically. You know, I you could tell me it's because of the cross. You could tell me it was because that's what the word said. But it it, it was it was learning the word. Amen. It was uh, learning. It was really learning and reading that word over and over and over and over and over. You know, because some like you could tell me. But it was foreign to me. Right. You know, it's so. It's like a rumor. Mm-hmm. So I had to get, I had to get it in a practical way. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yes. So, um, I don't know why I'm saying that. But um, I just wanted to say that sometimes people don't, that are new Christians, don't understand our our foreign language, our heavenly <laughs> language. Because uh, I used to think when I would, you know, when I would talk to Christians, I didn't understand a word they were saying, you know. And so when I'm talking to people, I try to get practical right. with them because I don't want them to feel like that. Right. You know, because I don't want them to feel like I felt not intentionally you know, I didn't, I didn't want to feel like that, but I did feel like that I did, because I didn't know the word. Right. Mm. Oh, that's good. It's through God that we come to know who we are. It is, it's through re- getting in, this, in, the, in the word. It's through him. It's through um, prayer. It's through our developing that relationship that we begin to know who we are because you can't tell me I have to I have to discover it for myself it says be transformed by the renewing of your mind so it's like we renew our mind because when we were in the old way the old the old man we thought one way so we have to learn a new way we have to learn who we are in the kingdom of God we have to learn who we are in him and we and we don't come we don't get saved and immediately know who we are i wish it happened that way but it just doesn't happen that way it's a through a a laying down of your life and picking up jesus it's through picking up what he did and allowing him to live through us that we begin to find out who we were made to be Okay, um, I want to thank y'all for coming. Um, 
I hope that you begun to see that your identity is found in him and that it's not in society. It's not in what people want to tell you you are. Um, and so, Lord, I just give you praise today. I thank you, Lord, that there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. That we It's a daily discovering of who you are and what you are doing in our lives that we begin to know who we are in you, Lord. And we just, we ask you to go forward with us as we go into this day and help us to discover who we are in you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed. In Jesus' name.